0: Have you heard The Message? An original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. All of Season 1 is available now, so listen and find out why a 70-year-old alien recording seems to be killing people. Search for The Message on iTunes. Hello, and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. I'm the editor of Real Simple, and today I have three guests. The first guest is Jocko Willink. Hi, Jocko.
1: Hello. How are you doing today, Kristen?
0: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How about you?
1: I'm outstanding. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And then we have Leif Babin. Leif, can you say hi? Hey,
2: Kristen. Great to be on with you.
0: Okay, so Leif has a Texas accent, listeners. So that's how... And the reason you need to be able to tell them apart is because together they wrote a book. They are both U.S. Navy SEAL officers, recipients of the Silver Star Medal, and co-authors of this book that came out at the end of October called Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs Lead and Win, which is on, currently on the New York Times bestseller list, has been for six weeks, and is now number one in the business book category. Right, you two? That's correct. Okay, so as if they weren't scary enough that they're Navy SEALs, they're also New York Times best-selling authors. So I think... You know, if I disappear in the middle of podcasts, it's because I fainted from, I don't know, intimidation and fear. Okay. Then we also have, to me, equally scary guest, Mike Rogers, who is a personal trainer at Informed Fitness Studios in New York. Hello, Mike. Hello, the scary thing about my guest today is two Navy SEALs who I don't know but who have a best selling book, and then Mike, who I work out with once a week. And so Mike knows how making excuses is a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart. So, making excuses is our irritating personality type we're dealing with today. This is a. And I want to like you topic that was suggested by at Monica underscore Justine on Twitter. So thank you, Monica. And when I was thinking about the podcast leading up to today, I was thinking about that brand of jeans called No Excuses Jeans, which I've always thought was such a cool name for a jeans brand. But the more I thought about it, which was about 100% more than I'd ever thought about it before, I realized I have no idea as a jeans brand why it's called No Excuses and if that means... You have no excuses when you wear them. You have no excuses for the way you look. I don't know. I, I, then it made me realize I kind of have no idea what no excuses means. So I wanted to ask the three of you and just, you know, anybody jump in. When you hear the phrase, which you kind of hear a lot, like, okay, no excuses, what does that mean to you?
2: Well, I think what no excuses means to me is, uh, is that you're, you can't blame things on other people. You can't, uh, you can't blame things on conditions. You know, I think that it's human nature actually to to look at the good things other people are doing and attribute that to luck, and then make excuses for why you're not doing the things you should be doing. And uh, and look, that's 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 a failing that all of us have, have suffered through at times. But the most successful people in life. In any area of life, certainly are the ones that are able to uh, to overcome that.
0: Okay, Mike.
3: Yeah, it's, I, have a, I have a similar outlook on it. You know, it's it basically taking taking responsibility, being accountable accountable to uh, you know what you want to accomplish in life. You know, I think I think it does though. You know, like it, it, sometimes the word "no excuses" actually is is meaningless to me because I think there is context to why people are late or can't do something, you know? And, uh, and the thing is, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, as a personal trainer, yeah, I'm there to motivate, I'm there to push, but I'm also there to listen and evaluate and assess and to try to ascertain whether someone's goals are something that are a little bit, you know, so they, they might be a little too, Out of their reach, in a way. I mean, in a way that there could be some liability. There could be some to their health if they actually try to, you know, go for that. Now, the thing is, what I'm trying to do is try to uh, help them discern what's, you know, I think is within reach, within, you know, but uh, you know, something also to strive for at the same time. So, in in sometimes the the expression "no excuses." I don't. I mean, I I agree that you don't want to ever like blame others for for anything. But I think uh, sometimes it requires context before using it, like, universally, you know?
0: Okay, so this is, so, Jocko, I'm going to ask you the same question, but I'm going to modify it now that, that I've heard Mike's point of view. So do you, th- so if no excuses, which which sounds sensible, is about, in a way, kind of assigning blame on either another person or an external force, I'm thinking about your experience, you know, with the Navy SEALs. Do you you know, what about if someone's trying for something that's not within their reach? Does no excuses start to mean something different, I guess I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I mean this this idea of no excuses to me that's just a normal way of life. That's how we operate. You know, Leif and I wrote that book. It's called Extreme Ownership. Mm -hmm. That is the very definition of extreme ownership is that you take responsibility for everything that's happening in your world. You don't cast any blame on anyone else. You don't make any excuses. And that's the only real way to achieve any significant level of success with anything. Mm -hmm. If you make excuses, then you you don't find the problem and you definitely don't solve the problem if you don't even accept responsibility for it. So this is just normal to me.
0: So, what about so let let me ask you in your in your life, both your professional and your personal life? So we've all talked about how this is kind of or you three have talked about how how making excuses is sort of human nature. Where do you think people do this the most is it around kind of physical fitness is it around financial goals is it around technology consumption i mean the super broad is it around dieting like where do you find that people have the hardest time not making excuses
1: people make excuses in the areas of their life that they're the weakest at Mm. so if that means that they're they don't like to exercise they make excuses of exercise if they don't like to follow a good diet they make excuses about their diet If they don't like to manage their time properly, then they make excuses about their time management and how other things popped up. So that's the way humans operate. You know, our ego drives us to blame external forces instead of blaming ourselves. And again, that that really hinders any type of significant success or achievement.
0: Okay, so Mike or Leif, would you add anything to where you find this happening the most, either in your professional or your personal lives?
3: I think... One of the umbrellas over all things when people are not doing them, I think uh, you know some people are very good at getting stuff done, and it usually leads them to a path of success. And other people are kind of are not good at getting stuff done. And I think one of the umbrella things that is involved, I'm not saying it's the key, but I think it actually is. It's one of the keys is scheduling. It's time management. And some for some people it's a skill, and for other people they're just very poor at it. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, if you have if you manage your time well, you know, and learn how to do that moderately well to very well, it means that you're setting aside time for things that you want to do, whatever the hell that is. You know, if that's a physical goal or if it's a, a job or something like that or a sub skill you want to learn how to play the guitar, anything. I think learning the skill of time management it in, in turn. Gives you the time to actually experience something where you will develop confidence in whatever you 're doing, and the thing is I think some people have learned that at a young age or or along their you know educational years or in adulthood, and some people just haven 't mm-hmm. you know, and I think that 's the umbrella over a lot of it to be honest with you um, is learning that skill alone
0: okay so it's it 's interesting that you bring that up because my next question for you all is going to be about what kind of excuse maker personally drives you the most crazy, obviously. Monica Justine on Twitter, the person who suggested this, is driven crazy by people who make excuses. The one that drives me the most crazy, in part, I think, because I live with some of them, is people who don't get things done because they procrastinate. And then they say, oh, I couldn't do that because I ran out of time, which really is a time management thing. And to me, that is so 100% not okay so, what and but then other things like, oh, I didn't get to work out today, or I didn't, you know, other kinds of, of excuse making doesn't bother me, but that one makes me nuts. So, I'm going to put you on the spot, Leif. What kind of excuse maker do you personally find the hardest to put up with?
2: I think for me, it's, it's seeing people when you, we can see the, the, the challenge for them to solve, uh, and you can see very clearly, and you're asking them to do that, but yet they they won't for whatever reason. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, whether it's a fear thing, whether it is a time management thing. I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that frustrates me in our business and the folks that we work with. If, you know, if I'm coming and working with a senior executive at a company and I'm saying, listen, you need to go speak to your team. They're not clear about your vision. You need to empower them. Let's, let's go in and talk to them. Uh, and there's resistance to doing that. No, I, I, I can't do that right now, maybe two months from now. We'll, and then constantly delaying that, delaying that, delaying that. So, I mean, I guess that is a form of procrastination, but it's just not, not attacking those things that clearly are going to solve problems and, and lead to a better result.
0: Jocko, anything you would add to that? Well, for me,
1: I, no, nobody drives me crazy. Seriously,
0: nobody at all, ever.
1: Yeah, nobody drives me crazy. I mean, you've got to... You can't let other human beings who are all... I mean, pretty much everyone's completely crazy if you break it down <laughs> far enough. And so if you look at everyone as being completely crazy and you're going to invite their craziness into your world, yeah, you're going to go crazy. So I you know, don't set a huge high expectation for other human beings on how they're going to perform. Right. And then I get pleasantly surprised when they do something that's <laughs> halfway decent. Uh, no. and, and, and so I think that's how I prevent myself from being driven crazy by some, someone else. And also... I, I find this to be a situation where if I'm looking at someone saying, oh, this person procrastinates or this person is making excuses, that's my fault. You know, it's my fault for not either helping them out, coaching them through it, helping them to see the mistake that they're making, or continuing to deal with someone that's completely never gonna change. So that's that's all those are my fault, and I'm not gonna make excuses about any of those. How you like them apples?
0: Okay. So I have I have to quite I have to push on those apples for I have to cut one of those apples up for a minute. Do Bring you it. have, do you have children?
1: Yes, I do.
0: How many kids do you have?
1: I only have four.
0: <laughs> you are determined. You are determined to be the perfect podcast guest. And I'm, 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 I promise- so I'm in the
3: pool. That's how I learn how to swim, man.
0: <laughs> I will. I'm gonna get. I promise you, I will give up eventually. But like, don't you? And are you in a, You know, do you have a partner, a spouse, a wife? A, you know. What's your... I have
1: a, I have a wife, You yes. have a wife.
0: Okay, so aren't there things... So, So if we could talk about yours truly for a second. When I think of that procrastinating thing, a lot of times, and I've been married for almost 25 years to the same man, and we have three kids, and he's a great guy, and I love him very much. However, he's a huge procrastinator. And when there are things that he doesn't do that are part of our shared kind of running our household and our family life stuff... And, and we decide in advance, okay, honey, you're going to take this thing, Project X, whatever it is, and he doesn't get it done because he missed a deadline or he ran out of time. I don't feel like I – I don't think the problem is that I didn't give him the tools to do it the right way,
1: right? Well, you like, set up, but you set up a situation where you knew that you were going to exploit one of his weaknesses, which is procrastination, and then you didn't follow up well enough to drive it to success. So following yeah. up
0: is nagging.
1: Yeah, you, but I mean, if, then then take it one step further back and and set up a situation. Why are you giving him projects that take this this you know high end level of time management? Give him the projects that take some sort of creativity or something else, so that you can maximize what he is good at instead of trying to focus on the things that he's maybe not so good at.
0: Okay, I think that sounds really good in theory. But Layfer, Mike, can either of you back me up here? That's so hard because then then.
1: Hey, I worked with Leif for a long time. There's no way he's taking your side on this. One.
3: <laughs> what's what's he? Uh, what's what does he procrastinate on exactly? I mean, is he is he bringing the kids somewhere? Taking to, too much time? Is he checking his Facebook page? It's like I think sometimes it's like th- I think that's what I was gonna bring up if you uh, if you know when, uh, I wasn't asked yet. <laughs> but the uh, I was is you, get know, to the, you. It, <laughs> with with family, it's sometimes uh, you ha- like I feel like uh, yes, we're all our own human. beings we're all our separate human beings, but when you share a household with somebody, you kind of inherit some of their weaknesses, and it does. It can. It can irritate you. It can irritate me. I generally don't let almost anything bother me about all my clients when they're late, when they don't do something. It's you know I. I am you know I work very hard to get them to to perform, it. and in most cases, I think I'm very successful. But sometimes it's just not the case. One of the things that drives me crazy. Is my wife is uh she's terrible at being on time when we have to go somewhere. She's absolutely horrendous at it. And my my uh maybe this is the Navy SEAL way. I don't know. I actually just left her once, but so we had to go to a, a big event at a charity thing in New York. Mm-hmm. She was not. She I. I, I gave her, I told her ahead of time, listen, you always take too much time to do your hair, and you don't even need to do it at all, because it's already beautiful, da-da-da-da-da. And she just kept taking all this extra time. I said, honey, I'm le- literally leaving, and I just left without her. And I told her afterwards, I said, honey, I said, you think what I did was rude? You are being rude. You're the one who is actually being rude to me. I'm the one, I told you that we wanted to be on time to this thing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, I mean, I don't know if that's, and she actually, believe it or not, she responded very positively to that. You know, I mean, it's not changed everything about her her in that respect but many more uh, more times like I I am actually I guess maybe this is the Navy SEAL way I'm telling her honey like make sure you are ready at this time make Mm -hmm. sure like it's a little bit of a drill and I don't look at it although I could see uh Kristen you could see that if I if I was a female I would think that I was being uh, or rather I I would think I was being nagged if I was told hey you know the, those types of things. If he's always procrastinating, but at the same time, I think there is a way to figure it out. You know,
2: Chris, this is life. If I can just add to that, first of all, I would say that uh, Mike sounds like a real glutton for punishment with, uh, <laughs> with that uh, that philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. First, it you know, me and Jaco have have wives that are uh, real supper uh, readers and list- listeners. Uh, oh, we have, we thank have to be very you. careful about what we say here, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, you know, in all seriousness. It's part of, like, I think when you look inwardly, uh, that's really what extreme ownership is about, this concept of extreme ownership. You know, one of the big pieces we talk about from the battlefield is, is teamwork, and we call that cover and move, which is really just a gunfighter tactic of, you know, if we have to move across a, a street under fire – and uh, it's me and Jocko together, then how do we do that? Well, we have to work together. I lay down suppressive fire to keep the enemy's heads down so that they can't shoot Jocko while, while he maneuvers across the street, then gets to a position to cover where he can cover for me, lay down suppressive fire so I can move it. And everything that you do in life is really like that. When you're talking about parents, when you're talking about spouses, certainly when you talk about business, uh, business teams and the folks within the team you know, working together in that. And it, so it can't, it's about accomplishing the mission, it's not about you, and that's a part of what extreme ownership is: is checking your ego enough to know, okay, how can we best get this mission accomplished? And so, you know, if if uh, if, if you know, if you know that, that that your your significant other is struggling with with procrastination and time management, then you know, building those those uh, the fudge factor time in there, where hey, listen, I know we got to leave in order to get there on time, we got to leave, you know, 25 minutes. Before the event starts, and so I'm going to build an extra 50 minutes on the front side of that to say we're going to leave here, which that that gives. I mean, it, it, our mission planning is like that. So you're always you're always trying to build those things in and be realistic about it. But uh, but again, it's about accomplishing the mission. It's not about you. And as Jocko said, those things that you know frustrate you, but. But how can we get this done? So I know we need to be there on time. So what are the things that I can do to control that? And obviously, there's a lot you can't control about mm-hmm. what your spouse is doing, mm-hmm. necessarily. But there's a lot that you can control. There's a lot you can contribute to, and certainly build build in extra time here and there, or as Jocelyn said, give them the tasks mm-hmm. that uh, you know that they're particularly good at, so that you you know your shared responsibilities are uh, are easier and better, and you're able to accomplish the mission.
0: Today's show is brought to you by The Message, an original science fiction podcast from Panoply and GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message.
3: I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet?
0: Not yet. Uh, We're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now, Um, sounds like a no. Well,
3: we don't really know what it is. Voices, music, breathing. But, you know, I'm not going to mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes.
0: Okay, so I want to ask you guys, you know, we're heading into, we're approaching the end of the year, which means New Year's Day, and for many people in this country, New Year's resolutions. So what advice would you have for people who are going to make resolutions and really, you know, and, and feel very, on January 1st, feel di- disciplined about it and committed, but by six, week in, six weeks in think, I just can't do this?
3: You know, I think, I think it's, you got to start today. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, like it's good to set up like a goal. Like I want to lose 25 pounds, you know, cause I, for my health, so I could be there for my family, for so I could feel better. And you know, it's, I mean the thing is you know it this is all i think very maybe it's military in 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 the way it's set up, but it's like I think you need to uh, i try to remind people that anything that is that anything that anybody is successful at, I try to remind them of what they do that is successful and say well how did you how did you get that done? you thought about it you did some planning. You may have like asked for some help from people who you, who are better than you, and then you you know you have you were accountable to a deadline, and then you executed. And the thing is, that's what I think when it comes to certain resolutions, which oftentimes are about like weight loss or this or that. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I think. People think they could just wing it, and I think sometimes it's it's not it's not that easy. I think it requires a lot of thinking about how are you going to manage eating, not eating junk food when it's all around. Or if mm-hmm. three o'clock is the time where you're most likely to eat something, or you're tired and your your defenses are down and you just go right for a candy bar or something like that, you have to prepare for that time. Like what? Like how do? Like you have to arm yourself for three o'clock in the afternoon. I actually use that, that phrase all the time. And I think that's, it, it It starts off, you know, like with, I think a little bit of a milestone, like a few weeks ahead, you know, and then, and then, hey, after that, Milestone. We're going to evaluate and move forward. Like actually, even before you hit the milestone, mm-hmm. let's talk about what's going to happen after we've achieved this. And let's say you lost ten pounds. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and how it, it. I think it's a little bit of a process, and uh, but it starts with just starting today.
0: Okay, Leif and Jocko, what do you think? How are there things that you use either for people in your personal life, or executives that you work with, or Navy SEALs, where you you know to to get people to stick to you know, their goals or resolutions they've made when they feel like they can't do it.
1: Well, you know, I I got asked a little while ago about how to increase mental toughness. You know, how do I train it? How can you strengthen it? Do you use some kind of medication or or some kind of breathing or affirmations and these other kind of things that I don't really know too much about and that kind of sound like some sort of hocus pocus or like food. Right type thing for me. Right. And so I I basically said, look, I, I think that mental toughness is a choice. And if you want to increase your mental toughness, then it's simple, be tougher.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. And, and likewise, you know, if you don't want to break your new year's resolution, don't break it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty easy. You know, if you don't want to eat junk food at three o'clock in the afternoon, don't eat it. This is just a matter of will. It's a matter of will. And as a, as a human being, you got to employ your will. And that is one thing that, that we do talk about on a fairly regular basis is this idea that discipline equals freedom. Because really, all this comes down to is a matter of discipline mm-hmm. and implementing discipline in your life. And even though it sounds like discipline and freedom are at opposite ends of the spectrum, they're actually... discipline is the pathway to freedom so if you want to have more you know free time you've got to have more Mm discipline time management if you want to have more financial freedom then you've got to have more financial discipline and same thing with health if you want to be free from you know aches and pains in your body and you want to be healthier and, and free from being sick and getting colds that comes from discipline you know working out Eating right. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's another, you know, if if I did it, if I was to refer to a mantra, that that'd be the one that I would say is discipline equals freedom.
0: I think that's actually an excellent mantra. And I have, as I mentioned, three kids, one of them is a 17 year old boy. And I think I might tattoo that on some part of his body <laughs> so so he'll never forget it um
2: so Which, what you can do kristen is is get him a copy of the book extreme ownership yeah and let him read chapter 12 this one equals freedom all
0: right i'm gonna have him do that because oh man oh man does he need chapter 12 right now
2: okay and you uh, know what when i was 17 i needed to read that as well yeah that's what i need to read that today as well i mean is we all certainly struggle with that but i think the earlier in life that you can you can learn that the the better off you're going to be
0: Okay. So you three, it has been it's been such a pleasure. I feel like I really need to get my act together after this podcast. But so we've heard from Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, who are both US Navy SEAL officers and author of the new and best selling Extreme Ownership, How US Navy SEALs Lead and Win. And we all need to read, or at least if you're related to me, you need to read chapter twelve on discipline equals freedom. So Jocko and Leif, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thanks for having us on, Kristen. Thank you for it. Kristen. Great to be on with you.
0: And then Mike Rogers, who is a personal trainer at Informed Fitness Studios in New York City and who's going to kick my butt tomorrow. So, Mike, thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow. It is my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) So that's it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. Our producer is Tim Einenkel. Please let us know what you think of this show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet ideas for this podcast on irritating people directly to me at Kay Van Ogtrop and thanks again to at Monica underscore Justine for the idea for this podcast and thank you to Caitlin Peary at Real Simple for providing excellent, excellent, excellent organization around this whole podcast. For more on Irritating People and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com and of course subscribe to us in iTunes. For Jocko Willink, Leif Babin, and Mike Rogers, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us.